0: Um. So, Eric, <laughs> welcome.
1: Do you want to do you want to start? Are we doing where to start? <laughs> or is there? Are we good? Are we doing it?
0: <laughs> how do we start this shit again? How's it go? Hi, so I'm like, Eric. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm Brittany, aka <laughs> Lil Corinne. I'm Brittany. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eric and I'm Brittany and we are for colored nerds the conversations
1: that black people have
0: when white people are not in the room
1: but we record them and put them on the internet yes
0: so so it's been a long time shouldn't have left you actually we need we should have we should have it yes. was
1: it was a must we had to leave A must. <laughs> gotta go gotta leave yeah remember 702 no
0: which song was that
1: gotta leave that's the name of the song I gotta go. No, no, no. It's gotta, like, gotta go, gotta the, leave. Anyway, it was up to Maybe I'll look though. it up. It was real good. Maybe a, sometimes when
0: people are like, oh, do you know this song? And then they sing it. And you're like, no, I don't know that song. And then you go look it up, and you're like, well, yes, I know that song, but yeah. not the way you sang it. I
1: mean, I can't do, I have no... you can't, your voice no, can't provide full
0: production. Yeah, no <laughs> melody,
1: no, you know, harmony. harmony nah, no, none of that. Anyway, but we're back. We're back. Uh, so
0: happy, New back. happy New Year. Happy New
1: Year. Happy New Year. 2016. Getting down, Sweet you leap team. year.
0: Oh shit, it's a leap year. Yeah, it's a leap year. I think so. Doesn't that mean something in Ireland? Didn't they make a romantic comedy about that? About that fine ass man with the dark hair thing. and um and like Amy Adams, and they went to Ireland. To that propose? movie had
1: nothing to do with me. <laughs>
0: well, I didn't think we were. To- I thought we were talking about leap years. I think we were talking about you at all.
1: No, I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I was like, I saw. I think I saw the trailer. I was like, meh.
0: I like a romantic yeah. comedy, but I didn't even want to see that one. And I'll I watch like, romantic like comedies any too. romantic comedy. You know what? I watched Blackish last night. I had not seen. I think I left off at the episode right before the Amber Rose episode.
1: I see what I'm saying. I, I'm oh. so behind on Blackish. I'm not it's, it's, fine. It's I'm not going to
0: spoil the Amber. The Amber Rose episode is actually pretty. It's good. really good. You'll I'm like
1: excited. It. I'm hype. Uh, Tyra apparently is on episodes. So.
0: Yeah, I got to. Wa- I was like catching up a little bit um, yesterday because like I. Haven't I like? I'm familiar with television, and um Blackish is so good.
1: Blackish is amazing. Blackish is, is amazing. One of the best shows on television.
0: It really is. I thought that people were just saying that.
1: No, I said it
0: before on the show. I, I said know, it in the like
1: in the Empire episode, way I, back. I don't know what number, but go back and listen. Yeah, I said Blackish definitely one of the best shows on television. Still right. is holding but, it down.
0: Like you said it. I know. No, so exactly. so what, I, so what I'm <laughs> Exactly, it's done. It's like you have like no shade. Like sometimes, like in some in some situations in life, like you have high credibility with me. Uh-huh. But like your opinions about like stuff that you like to me is like whatever. Because like I know you, and sometimes like, you know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like
1: you don't see the thing is you've. I mean, this is a problem with our relationship in general. Like you, you've never really appreciated how much you know the gems that I just give to you. On a do you know what basis? it
0: probably is? Can I tell you something that would maybe would make me like? Take your judgment more seriously. What is it? You wear a lot of sweaters. <laughs> what? You what have does a, the sweaters have to do with you? It? Have a sweater. You are dressed like you are going to work every single time I see you. I
1: love sweaters. I like to be warm. I like to layer. They're great for layering. You know, they're great for holding in heat. What does that have to do with my assessment of like of makes, TV shows and movies?
0: It just makes you seem like we're not in the same generation and like you're a little out of touch.
1: I'm in the the classic generation. I just the messed fuck it up. What are, I don't are know you talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't-
1: Anyway, what are we talking about today? Uh actually before we before we get to any of that,
0: mm-hmm. you you should
1: talk about something. Think, right. the developments are coming. It's <laughs>
0: so crazy. I in like I've I've been working at Gimlet for the past four months uh, on a show that's coming out like really soon. Like really soon. It's so, like what this episode is coming out like January 14th. The show's coming out Monday, January eighteenth. It's called Sampler. mm And it is where um me and some other awesome really very special guests uh like take you through the world of podcasting we find like the best moments so like the most funny the most shocking uh the most thought provoking the most interesting we find the best moments in podcasting every week and we like give them to you and so Oh, go ahead.
1: So I was gonna say, like, I want to act like I'm, like I'm interviewing you, like on TV. So can you, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit more about, like, some of the segments that you might have on the show?
0: Uh, we're gonna have like a nice variety of stuff, which actually, now I think about it, kind of feeds back into the original spirit of the show. So there's gonna be like lots of like, m- like. You know, obviously there's clips, mm-hmm, yeah. Because it would be kind of ridiculous if there were none. So obviously there's clips. Like so, we share you, the, we share the moments with you. Uh, I interview people who make podcasts. So there's like I also have people who kind of act as like um, sometimes like like guest hosts. Mm, okay. uh, so sometimes like those could be people who really love podcasts or people who just make them. Um, and if you want to know what it sounds like, uh, if this is like before, if, it, if this is January 18th or after. You should listen to the. <laughs> you should listen to the first episode. Yeah, uh, but if this is before January eighteenth. You can listen to uh, a sample of sampler. Sample sampler. Wow. Um. Mm. Yeah, you can listen to a sample of sampler. Um. If you go to uh, twitter. Com/samplershow, mm-hmm. um. You should definitely follow us on Twitter for sure. Uh. But yeah, you can go there and find. Uh, you can find. Uh, the link to the SoundCloud. Like page which has the the sample of sampler, but it's super fun. And I'm like, like even uh, if you listen to the if you listen to sampler, like I got I got a little bit of some Bodega Boys coming.
1: Yeah, Bodega Boys, got some Bodega Boys coming. Shouts out, got Shouts
0: uh, got W Kamal Bell coming.
1: Very 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 talented. Which is like
0: yeah, super awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, and he has a great podcast called Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time period. That's like the entire title. Yeah, and um, yeah, like just like like lots of really cool. I've been able to talk to lots of really cool people and listen to a lot of really cool shit. Um, I'm really excited to share with you guys, not just, like, what we've been working on, but also, like, what shows we found. Yeah, uh, yeah so, like, I'm excited. It should be super fun. It's going to be every Monday. Um, And, like, you know, the rest you're going to have to listen and find out.
1: So, I got something to say. What you got to say? Now, anytime you do anything. Me? Yeah you personally
0: oh god i thought you meant like you the general human race no
1: anytime you personally do anything yeah and someone asks my opinion i'm like oh it's trash
0: really oh it's trash i don't know why I make a surprise but yeah okay that's reasonable. that's reasonable
1: you know uh in general you know i think i made it clear my feelings for you don't really like you <laughs> <laughs> don't i don't at all. It's, i think it's you know it's never been a secret no uh that's it all mm-hmm. those things taken as you know given as, yes as a given
0: you should go listen to the show.
1: You, as everybody else, you should go listen to the show. Show's good.
0: Thank you. Show's good. Show's I'm, good. I'm excited. I actually am really excited. I think the show's. I think the show's pretty good. We have a super special guest in the first episode. Too. Mm. I don't even want to say Wonder who that is. I don't even want to say who it is. I'm excited because we got a super duper special guest. This special guest is so amazing. I'm just hoping we can book this person for this show. Mm. Yeah.
1: Mm. Well. Well, like we said, go listen to sampler. Please. January 18th.
0: January 18th. Uh, yeah, you can find us anywhere where you can find podcasts. So, like, that's iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, any old damn feed. If you use Pod Addict or whatever the fuck that is, you might be using Pod Addict right now to listen to us. I don't know. but You might
1: use, what, like, uh, A-Cast. There's, yeah. like, uh, Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast. All those things. Go find Sampler. Go listen to it. Yeah. And tell other people about it. Also, tell the people about our show. Yeah. Because...
0: I also care about that, too. Yeah, I, I, definitely, <laughs> care what, I definitely care about you in this show. Like, I, uh, yeah, so, you know, just, uh, yeah, check it out. I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm I, excited. I'm excited. You should
1: be. You yeah. should be. There's a good reason. There's a good reason. All right, so today. Today. So how did, so what are we talking about today? Ooh, on the ball. Well, I'm just saying, you know, we've been talking for, like, like you know, some time at this point. Yeah, a little time. Um. So I called, well, we were talking, we yeah. were like, you know, what are we going to... You
0: about to start with the blatant lie of you called me on the phone?
1: I did call you on the I phone.
0: I know, not to talk though, you didn't call me for a social call.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't talk on the phone for social reasons.
0: You might want to talk to somebody about that, Eric. I don't... It's very telling, it's telling.
1: That's not, that's not what that's
0: for. Anyway, so Eric and I, <laughs> Eric and I, uh, well, we used to live around the corner from each other, yes. but uh, we don't anymore. So, like, whenever we want to talk about the show, we could just walk to the other person's house. Mm-hmm. So, nowadays, we have a standing weekly phone call. Yeah. Because we got shit to do. Perfect start to my week on Monday nights. Right. <laughs> to talk to you. Um, it's, like,
1: right before. It's right before my bedtime. It always stresses me out. Like, I never sleep well. Monday That's
0: so night. funny. I have, like, three more hours <laughs> to go after <laughs> wow. talk to you. But, yeah, so we uh, we were talking on the phone just about, you know, what you referred to so lovingly as this shit a few weeks ago. <laughs> and uh and Eric asked me a really interesting question cuz other shit comes up. You know, what I mean? when we talk about, we talk about what we want to do, we talk about the show whatever. Other shit comes up, you know, yeah. what I mean? we gossip a little bit, we talk a little bit, we key it up.
1: And so, I mean, the question, it started off I was like, yo, top 3 favorite Stevie Wonder albums.
0: Yes. And I said, cuz like, you know, okay, so Stevie Wonder has obviously a 5 album classic period that happened in the 70s yeah and uh my three favorites come from from those so i have obviously number one is songs in the key of life yeah which um, i
1: mean is probably gonna be number one on anybody's list anybody's list amazing amazing
0: album yes number two is "Intervisions."
1: yes also uh, amazing, amazing album.
0: album yeah and number three for me uh which i think number three for a lot of people changes i think mm-hmm. i actually would say that for most people number one is going to be um, songs in the key of life. Yeah. And number two is going to be interventions. Yeah. Number three for me is Talking Book, but that's also like personal reasons for that.
1: I mean, t- Talking Book. Don't get it twisted. I mean, Talking Book is amazing. Yeah. Uh, for me, I was like, Meh. I was like, Talking Book is 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 really good. It's some it's some some bangers. Some Heat Rock bangers. Fire, mm-hmm. if you will. But for me personally, and this again for probably the same reason, personal reasons, mm-hmm. my, I like Hotter Hotter in July, the fact which is out of out of the classic
0: period. It is. It is. This is the first album he released after that, which has a. Uh, Scott, you know, the uh, probably. Happy yes. Birthday to if you think
1: about it yeah. real quick, as an aside, uh-huh. Happy Birthday took an iconic song uh-huh. and forever changed it. Yeah. For certain people. That's deep. Like forever changed it. Yeah. You know, that plays on the radio. Yeah. You know, if you it, generally if you're in the room and it's a birthday and yeah. there are like it's at least Three 70 people. I was going to say at least 70 percent.
0: Oh, I was going to say, I mean, you know, the way I grew up. If it was only two, three of us in the room, we'll still do it. Well, the
1: thing is, if it's Miss Company, it gets weird. You don't want, like, I, I love I'm going be straight up. I don't want a majority of white folks seeing the, the Stephen Wonder version.
0: I don't Cowboys. mind. Most of them, a lot of them don't join in, and then it makes them feel uncomfortable because <laughs> they don't know it. It's like they think that I we've been, we, they think that this is, like, something that we recite at the Black Eagle meetings. I mean, we do. and I <laughs> We do. And I like, I like that. I like giving off that feeling. Right, cool. that it's like right stress. after
1: the Black National Anthem. <laughs>
0: How come? We have, you know what? One week we're gonna have an episode where we just sing "Lift Every Voice." <laughs> That's the whole episode. I right? love we're that really
1: song. Sure. Um, I, I, I mean, I love that song it's too. A good song, I always mess up the second verse. I'm ashamed to say.
0: It's like, <laughs> no shade, no shade, no shade. It's like I like always 60 mess or up 70 with... verses to that song. Yeah, but and the song is depressing.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, "Hotter in July" is my number three. But I was like, okay, so you have your your top three are yeah, uh, "Songs in the Key of Life." yeah uh talk excuse me Intervisions and talking book yes um now here was the here was the plot twist the plot twist would you take mm-hmm. those three stevie wonder albums over off the wall
0: you didn't you okay go ahead go ahead thriller uh-huh
1: and bad
0: see this is the thing he phrased it actually like like you made you, you you posited it as like a Sophie's choice. You were like yeah. would you take now you wouldn't say would you take these over? You were like I was Would like, you take it. these three or <laughs> these three? You had to make a choice. I had to make a choice. And you know what? I said And that's hard.
1: I I like that's one of the questions like, would you rather have uh um, hands or feet? Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Kinda need both. Yeah. But your 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 answer, which was interesting,
0: mm-hmm. was Well, so I said this. I prefaced it and I said, You know, Eric, that's like asking me to choose between, you know, children. Yeah. But everybody's still got a favorite. <laughs> 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 and um I, I chose Stevie. It took me like four like point four seconds yeah. to decide.
1: It didn't it actually didn't take you. I was surprised at how long it did not take you.
0: Is yeah. That, that no, sense? I didn't to me it's like and I told you I said I said, you know, like Stevie to me is my everything. He's my every I listen to him every there's no other musical art. I'm a I'm a you know, I'm I'm like huge Beyonce fans. Yeah. Like stand for this we talked woman. About it. But Stevie Wonder is the only artist I listen to every single day of my life. No matter what, good day, bad day, whether I went to work, whether I went, whether I was just kicking it at home, every single day, Stevie Wonder is it's somewhere there. in the mix. And if I don't listen to him, I'm singing Stevie Wonder.
1: And I mean, I, the thing is, I think I always knew that about you. I don't think we've ever really had a conversation about Stevie. No, um, but I always knew you were super into it. Like I was not into it, into him, you yeah. know, into his music. Yeah. Which I mean, I mean, makes sense. Like Lord, yeah. Um, but when you said that, I was like, I was like, that's really interesting. And I mean, the, the the counterpoint to that is me personally.
0: Yes, you yourself personally.
1: Like, and everybody has to. Everybody has to make a choice. You know, got to choose absolutely, a side.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I would take Michael. I would take Michael. Now it's and it's 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 hard. It's hard. Honestly, it's very hard. Uh because Stevie's near and dear to me as well. Like I grew up, you know what I'm saying, like listening to Stevie. Yeah. Like I obviously grew up listening to Michael too. But, you know, Stevie like it just goes back. It just is like when you say classic, he had a classic period. It's like yeah. just so classic in your mind. Like that just feels like home. It feels and like a yet. warm blanket. And yet, I had to choose Michael.
0: Why though?
1: I think so
0: I explained myself, then you did not explain yourself, then. all
1: right, so how you feel about Steve in terms of how much you listen to him, yeah. I'm closer to Michael, like that, yeah, like Billy Jean was one of the first songs I ever like memorized, mm-hmm. and you know as as many were you know did at the time, yeah. I was always trying to figure out how to moonwalk. Never had the rhythm, you know. Couldn't Still quite don't. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> couldn't quite accomplish it. But I always wanted to learn how to moonwalk. You know, I would put on like I put on the the penny loafer shoes and the white socks. I was I was like super super into Michael Jackson. The first album that was purchased for me when uh-huh. I got my first boom box, yeah, was History.
0: Oh my god, I had that on CD too. Remember that song about Little Susie? That shit made me cry.
1: Oh, my joint. I like I mean, it was so many bangers. I liked the the. Uh, I actually liked Earth song her <laughs> uh, uh, yo, yo, song good. goes no, hard when it turns up good. at the end. Oh yeah, yo, oh yeah. The video is crazy too. We stretched out his arms, yeah. grab the trees and shit. But anyway, so so for me, <laughs> for me, Michael is like nothing's gonna overtake that. That said, mm-hmm. I think that Stevie Wonder as an artist is yeah. probably more important.
0: Yes, I think actually when I was explaining to you uh, why I chose Stevie over Michael is um, I said that Michael was, is to me, an unparalleled entertainer. Like, yeah. I think I said, I think we would agree up, agree yeah. about this, that there's like three, there are three people who like are in this category that literally no no musician dead or alive can touch. touch. Yeah, And um, and that's like Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, and Prince. Yeah. That's like, that's it. If, if all other music disappeared. Yeah. And that's all we were left with? I'm fine.
1: You could repopulate the earth. <laughs> you, it's like Prince.
0: You repopulate the earth real fucking quick. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, no, I mean, like, that's it. Like, that's all we need. Like, if they, if they said this is the shit that's got to go on the arc, everything yeah. else got to go, I'd be like, all right, this is all we got. Yeah. But Michael, of the three of them, is, like, the finest full out-and-out entertainer. And, like, nobody was able to put on a show like this man. And, like, Prince, to me, as like as, like, a visionary and, like, somebody who has, like, just is like who has an incredible ear and like who has such a clear vision, even even in experimentation, has such a clear vision for like his aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Prince to me is like just the shit. That, yeah. Like I, I mean, we're gonna have to. Do, I mean, Prince is worth his own episode. Yeah. Like even you know whatever. But Stevie to me, as far as just like an out and out musician, songwriter, instrumentalist, vocalist, he's one of the most clear, beautiful voices. Vocal acrobatics like Stevie can.
1: Mm. I mean, even beyond being like, uh, was it a multi-instrument instrumentalist mm-hmm. dude? Like, he he knows how to play basically everything, and has and mastered it a long fucking time ago. Yeah, like he literally was a child musical prodigy. Yeah, genius yeah. level intellect, and of, and also you don't really get Michael without Stevie. Speak on it. Like, speak y- on it. So if you think about it in terms of who was like really popping on Motown, yeah. You really, really need Stevie in order to even like get to Jackson Five. Get to the Jackson Five. So I think Stevie Wonder is definitely more important to make the way for what Michael was able to accomplish. Yeah. And the sad thing too is I often feel like Michael Jackson, and this isn't, this isn't any shade to Stevie Wonder. I don't think people, I don't think people disregard his contributions. But yeah. I think in terms of the conversation around music, I don't think there is much about Stevie Wonder and what he's done compared to Michael and his enduring legacy. You know, he kind of overshadows him in a way. And that's honestly, frankly, kind of disappointing.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I would definitely, definitely, definitely agree with that. I think that has to do a lot with, like... Like, Michael iconography. His iconography is so strong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, when you actually think about, like, leaving an imprint on music itself, the fact that, like, we're even talking about, like, these people in the same conversation means that they're at a level where, like, music doesn't exist. Pop music doesn't exist yeah. without these people. But when I think about, like, the songs, like, the song craft yeah. and, like, the endurance of of that catalog and, like, the breadth of that catalog, yeah. St- Stevie, to me, is, like, he's it. He's Yeah. It. I mean, he... he-
1: basically, I mean, in especially during the classic period, he you know, he wrote and produced all of this music. You know, he had obviously had people come in to help him refine it, yeah like for to be released. But that's no slouch. Again, love Michael to death. But he had, you know, he, there was a lot of participation from, you know, his producers in terms of creating it. So if you look at really to get to these perfect songs, these perfect albums, you know, Songs in the Key of Life, mm-hmm. straight up is a perfect album. It
0: is. It truly is. It's like the. It's like one of the greatest albums ever recorded. Period. Yeah. To me, it's the greatest, and there's other people who feel differently. So people who were like, "You didn't include the Beatles." <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> like truly. But
1: even if he created seventy percent of that. Yeah. Fuck.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so after
1: we had that conversation, I was like, yes. you know, we need to talk about this shit. We need to talk about this. We shit. We need to talk about. It. The other thing, the other reason why I think he sometimes gets overshadowed, though, I mean, you spoke on. Oh the iconography was yeah. was it? that's true like Michael I mean if you look at like the glove so many pieces of Michael are tangible and like fit in your memory and stick yeah. in your memory you know mm-hmm. um
0: and you they're like you're they're, you can like imitate them
1: yeah like moonwalk you know he you, yeah. you don't really have anything like that um that's so rooted in Stevie Wonder specifically
0: yeah outside of cornrows no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm just being honest
1: but i also think it's partly because of who he is as a person if you think about michael and what we know about michael and like michael talking about himself and what we know about how he grew up like we have a very i mean fuck you got the jacksons
0: he made like a like a mini series like a television mini series yeah. about his upbringing while he was like in his like 30s yeah That's so
1: deep. we have a very like detailed and intimate relationship with who michael was like as he as he grew up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even as he went through a, a lot of troubles, you could kind of you can kind of understand and decipher like what might have contributed to a lot of those things. Yeah.
0: And even like though he like in some ways like there was a lot of seclusion, but like there was still so much to be known about Michael.
1: Yeah. But with Stevie, well, it wasn't really like that. No. He was a very he he had a very, very like managed public persona. Yeah. You know, it was very controlled. He does not do a lot of interviews. Nope. You know he he doesn't do a lot of performances now, no you know I imagine he toured a lot more then, but he's not talking to a lot of people about his work no. frequently or even his impact on music you don't you know you really would be hard pressed to like look up a lot about his family life, yeah, it's not the most easily accessible information out there, and I think that not having that distance only having only being able to really like uh get a sense of him through the music. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, that's the way you really get to know who he is and and what he thinks. Yeah. I think that also sometimes creates that that invisible gap between him and and Michael in terms yeah. of letting Michael like overtake that. Yeah. And it's interesting because that also is similar to, you know, who else do we see that in?
0: Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah.
1: And but people try to act like that's like some new shit.
0: It's really not. It's really, 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 really not. Yeah. Not at all.
1: Like, I mean, Beyonce obviously very tight. And, and, and actually, I would say a lot of other artists are starting to kind of follow in that same in that same vein. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of talk about like Drake specifically. You know, he only does interviews that he wants to do. Yeah, You know, he's not really out there just talking about, like just talking.
0: Well, you know, it makes sense though because it's like fame now is like, is defined by like omnipresence in a way. Mm, it's like yeah. you exist on so many different platforms, you exist on in, on so many different media. So it's not like you need to do an interview to remind people that you're still alive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, you, like people know what you're doing. It's not like before where maybe like a paparazzi would take photos and then like you'd have to there'd be a delay. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And seeing them printed and you'd only see them printed if they if you had come across that certain publication at the grocery store or whatever. But now it's kind of like even though Beyonce doesn't. Do interviews like you know where she is, you know what restaurant she's yeah. eating at, you know what she's wearing, the so, what like, show she goes, to. yeah, exactly. Like you can see, and all those images are circulated like immediately, yeah. So it's really easy to keep t- like, and somebody like Drake, like it's super easy to keep tabs on Drake. So it kind of makes sense that's the direction that a lot of people kind of want to go to because they can't, you can still keep people engaged in your public persona on a regular basis. There's always just because of who you are and because of the way technology works and the way communication works now new content about you is always going to be generated okay. whereas like it's like you think about Steven before like not being somebody who did a ton of not somebody who was like out in the streets like that like that's pretty that's pretty bold
1: yeah you but know what i'm saying that said he was he was amazingly consistent in putting out product though like the man would basically, I mean, there. I think there were probably like at a few times he probably had like a few year gaps, but yeah. until probably the early nineties, Stevie was putting out probably like an album every every year, every other year. Yeah,
0: and like the during the classic period, he was putting out an album every nine months. So that by the time "Fucking Songs in the Key of Life" came out, I think people had to wait like two years. Two, I think. I think he put out. He didn't put out songs like Key Life till 1976, and people like lost their shit because they had to wait so fucking long. Like they had those T shirts, like Motown had the T. I think he had a T shirt that said like It's almost finished. Mo- everybody who worked at Motown had these T shirts that said Stevie's almost ready or something like that. <laughs> people yeah. were just like, Yeah, like, what's going on? Yeah,
1: I mean to be to be that hyper present musically and then just dip for a little bit. I'm sure everybody was like, Yo, like Frank Ocean, where's the album at?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that.
1: Like, where's the album at? But. It's interesting that he was like, you know what, I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna provide you this content to know I'm here to know I'm yeah. still kicking. But I ain't really doing all that other shit. Yeah. Like even if you, I mean, you sent me a couple of profiles, I think a profile from like Rolling Stone. Uh uh-huh. and there was an I think there was another one. But most of them don't really have quotes. No. <laughs> no. Like I mean, they were talking about the music, people were dissecting the music and its impact but there weren't like the traditional artist feature where the report is embedded with with the artist for like, yeah for a few like days. a
0: few days yeah yeah when you're making something that's like this exhaustive and like, even though you think about somebody at Beyonce's level like it's a different type of product but it's still exhaustive yeah. do you know what i mean to then after you but you make it you feel like you're super fucking clear you know yeah. what i mean and what it's about and even like you think about um like stevie wonder's political songs like uh there was a song there was a song that he did that was actually an anti-nixon song the jackson five backed him up i think it's like you haven't done nothing i can't remember which album it was on it was somewhere in the classic period it might be intervisions but i can't remember it's actually cute but um like all of his songs are super clear like anytime he has like a political message like it's not there's no reading into it so I could see how like when you've kind of made this and you've been really particular about your instrumentation and your lyricism and the subject matter and it's not veiled and like or even like Beyonce where it's you secretly like recorded and made videos for like a whole album's worth of music. You didn't yeah. tell even the other artists that you were working with what precisely the project was. You put it all out at once. You release like a whole bunch of little video vignettes being like, this is what I was thinking about <laughs> when I wrote these songs. I could see how it's just like what what more yeah. do you want?
1: <laughs> this is how I feel.
0: Like this is how I feel. Like yeah. I put this shit out. I've toured. Yeah. I gave y'all like the information. is like it's pretty blatantly out there in the songs. What do you, like, what more could you possibly want from me? So I could definitely see if you're somebody on Stevie's level who's doing that type of just, like, again, super exhaustive work on, like, a yearly fucking basis. Do y'all want this work or do you want me to give y'all these little interviews? Do y'all want this work or do you want to know what I eat for breakfast? Actually, you brought up another
1: good point in there. Talking about Stevie's, like, protest songs. I think people know him the most from kinda like, like where when he evolved into going from like just pure R and B also he flirted with funk for a long while. Yeah. You know, I think that's most of this most of the tracks like we play, I think mm-hmm. I would say like at the family reunion the parties come from yeah. like those two periods. Mm-hmm. But Stevie really like his evolution musically was amazingly diverse. And I think a part of that is from the fact that he's been around for fucking ever. (laughs) Like, since he was 11 years old, since the early, since what, early 60s or is it
0: Yeah, and you think about everybody who he had the opportunity to collaborate with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I ain't even... And like, not even everybody who he's had the opportunity to collaborate with at different points in their career. So it's one thing to collaborate with baby Michael, right? Yeah. <laughs> it'd be Stevie Wonder. But then to be Stevie Wonder in the 80s and, like, do you know what I'm saying? Even to just do We Are The World with, like, grown Michael. That's, like, to both appear at Motown 25. Diana, shit. Because, like, Diana in the 60s with the Supremes with Stevie, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is like, its own iconic thing. Yeah, okay, like, you have, like, you know, the Ronettes and you have the Shangri-Las or whatever. But, like, when you think of girl group... The Supremes are, like, the first thing that come to mind. And, like, you can't think of—you don't have Supremes without Diana Ross. Again, like, at her—at that at that point in her career, around the time of Motown 25, in the fucking room, yeah. on fucking stage with Stevie and Michael. Yeah. And, again, you still have all these people creating mind-blowingly popular and polished and super awesome work 20 years or 25 years. You know what I'm saying? Before that. Yeah, like, like,
1: that's, like Smokey. Like, I mean, <laughs> don't you get me? I'm gonna
0: tell you can't You can't have a right Motown
1: now. conversation without smoking.
0: If you want to get someone to finance a vacation, if you want to have a child, if you want to move in with somebody, you wanna propose. Obviously, you know, some wheel greasing, you know what I'm saying? Could be, could be, could be, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Some wheel greasing could be in order. Uh-huh. If you wanna get the other person in a wheel greasing mood, <laughs> right? Put a little Smokey. Put a little smoke. (laughs) Put that quiet storm on and see what the fuck happens to you. Put the extended version of quiet storm on and see what the fuck happens to you.
1: Yo, Smokey Robinson. Woo! (laughs) Smokey Robinson is a man. Folks, I I mean, this is a a digression. Real talk, Smokey can get an episode, too.
0: Smokey get an episode. Smokey's alive. I want Smokey to come. (laughs) I want want him to be here. I want him to be here.
1: Be on the show. Yes. Like, straight up. But, to go back, Mm -hmm. Stevie Wonder. Yes. And his ability to to collaborate with basically some of the greatest musical minds ever. Ever. It's ridiculous the the access to talent that he had over this time to really help to guide him throughout his own musical evolution. You talk about going on a fucking journey (laughs) (laughs) to take it back. Stevie Wonder went on an amazing musical journey and really helped to push music as a whole in the directions that it went. Yes. Talk about embracing funk and elevating funk to yes. a level which it's popular, like it is popular music. Mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder did that shit. He
0: did do that shit, and also like he did like these huge, long, super experimental albums. Like you can listen to Secret Life of Plants, and like it's so weird. Like it's so weird. Yeah. It's like the creepiest, weirdest fucking album of all time. And he like released it, and people were like, okay, <laughs> like all right. I rock with you. Secret Life of Plants is the name of the album. And it's nothing but like, it's mostly just like instrumental ass shit that is weird and is synthesized and don't really make a ton of sense. But this is, see, he was like, this is what I need to do. Yeah. Like, this is something that I'm going, like, this is is it. Like, take it. Do whatever you want. Like, when you listen to it, you hear different shit every time. But it's almost like, it's like he makes stuff that's as well crafted and accessible as the stuff that's on songs of the key of life yeah. but he also makes shit that like you can't really listen to every day because mm. it's just too weird or too much then he also has a total other category of song that's like shit that you've heard so many times. It's yeah. so just ubiquitous. Yeah. This shit that just everybody fucked. Like, I don't really need to listen to Signed, Sealed, Deliver, I'm Yours ever again. Because <laughs> I've heard it actually too many times in my life.
1: And the truth is, you're going to hear it probably a million more times. Because, yeah. you know, in life, how many more family reunions you got Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Cookouts, fish exactly. fries. Like, let's exactly.
0: Get real. But yeah, he like, perf- like he performed super highly at every single Love, even just like bringing in international sounds, like yeah. he was really big into Latin music. And if you think about like, I have been um learning more recently about um, so I've been <laughs> learning more recently about about salsa, and about the music in Puerto Rico that was coming out in the '60s and '70s, and like that shit was huge. Yeah, like this shit was fucking huge. Like I had no fucking clue how big it was, and like Stevie was like one of the only American artists mm-hmm. to really try and like learn kind of about how like what instruments were being used how differently time was counted in songs that were traditional for that for that genre how to like hear things differently, and how to use instruments that he was already like instruments that he was already familiar with, like piano and guitar, in a different way, sort yeah. of like you listen to a song like "Don't you worry about a thing, mm. do you know what I'm saying, or even another star, we yeah. both love that song so much, that type of having that type of like Latin influence, yeah, not a lot of people were doing that type of stuff, and not a lot of people had. Um, the trust of their audience to be able to experiment in those kind of ways. Yeah, he's um, a, he
1: is truly a student of music. Like, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because he masters so much at an early age, so you could see him pushing himself yeah. to grow. As a result, it pushed us forward. Yes. Which is interesting. Like, yeah. I mean, it's deep.
0: You know, so, obviously, like, Stevie is, like, fucking, I was, it's not, next level isn't even the word, like, type of musician. Another, like, the other major component of his music that makes it so great is the lyricism. Yeah. Uh, and the content of the song. Yeah. And, like, so kind of, like, the, the layered vocals and layered uh, instrumental tracks and, like, the multi-instrumentalism and, like, the like flirtation with different influences is so Stevie, but also, like... Most of his songs, pretty much all of his songs, like, except for the ones that were about social justice.
1: Yeah. And even, the, even a lot of those. And even a lot
0: of those are about love. Yeah. That is like, you think about like where Stevie had like the strongest imprint of music was it's like the 70s, right? Yeah. He like ran the 70s. But like, the R&B then was like maybe the most popular type of music. We talked about, we talked about this before we recorded about yeah. how like rock was getting really corny. Yeah. Like, outside of underground scenes, which weren't really popular then, rock was getting really corny. Like, mainstream rock was getting corny in the 70s. I don't care what anybody says. And so actually, Eagles, I, I was and thinking now, a lot of people will will
1: probably disagree with you. I know. But I think that's a fair assessment. I think more so when you think about rock as pop music.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Popular rock was, like, not that great by the time you got to like the yeah, mid 70s yeah to late, yeah which is why like even disco was able to become like the like the behemoth that it was is because like like it was something fresh it was something that was cool it was something that sounded different and then like you know hip-hop didn't exist yet yeah what's the word i'm thinking of why can't new wave and all that shit hadn't happened yeah no, no like that. it was a long way off right is this shit was a long way off so like r&b was like R&B was it? And was it and even like like and funk obviously was there but uh, funk is like a, like a subcategory yeah, of R&B yeah it's definitely an offshoot of R&B and like R&B's major subject back then was love and relationships um, but Stevie was like almost like a citadel for that type of conversation like he had he didn't just have songs about romantic love he had songs about every type of love all encompassing love pining over somebody losing love fearing losing love and even just like,
1: I mean, love is a metaphor for other things. Mm-hmm. Like we, so we share this article in the show notes and I think it's a good, it's a good point. Yeah. We should <laughs> kind of jump into this. Yeah. So the song As, like probably one of his most classic, classic pieces is yes. just fucking powerhouse song. If you think about how it evolves like over time, it, it, you know, starts really light and then really builds till it gets to that punch where yeah. he's like just coming at you with everything he has. Um, but as on his face is really it, it talks about like many different types of love and love kind of as a metaphor for a lot of different types of things and yeah. how that grows and evolves as people grow and evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so the the article that we shared is from uh, the Liberator. Shouts out to the Liberator. Liberator is run by uh, definitely a friend, friend of show. Yeah. But this particular article uh, posted on the, on the Liberator was I think written. It was written by uh, Brian Willite pronounce it? You know. I guess
0: so. Yeah.
1: And you know, gotta give a little bit of a disclaimer. This this particular article is very um,
0: it has a certain type of
1: hotel feel to it. Yeah. And you know, it, it talks a lot of no about, shade. Like yeah. no shade. Yeah. No. Shady. I mean, I, I mean, we're including it for a reason. As yeah. we think it, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. definitely has some merit. Value. Yeah. In terms of how it breaks down, as and, and more so, it provides probably one of the deepest interpretations of stevie as a lyricist yes that i've seen in a long time even though i don't necessarily agree with all of the uh positions that it Mm -hmm. takes um one of the things i think was really interesting was where they talk he talks about that i think basically it's the bridge of the song where you know stevie one started rapping yes basically 1976 (laughs) When a lot of that happened it
0: wasn't a lot of (laughs) happening like you know watch out nelly watch out beyonce somebody who sing rapping exactly before you
1: really spitting like to be straight he up was. <laughs> like it was it was a hard verse you know but he talked about how well you read the lyrics since i always okay, read the lyrics on, and on. i fuck it up okay
0: <laughs> so uh, and it's interesting actually now that i'm looking at the lyrics all written out uh this is like the final the final bit of actual like lyrics uh and then before it goes back to the chorus and just like 10 million runs until the end of time we all know sometimes life hates and troubles Can make you wish you were born in another time and place. But you can bet your life times that and twice its double that God knew exactly where He wanted you to be placed. That's a cold day. And I was walking off the train. I was coming, you know, heading to the studio because we record this shit at nine o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. Uh, And we do it for y'all do it for the culture. We do it for the culture because <laughs> we get no money for this. But uh, yeah, we do it for y'all. But like you know, I've been, I've been, I have a lot of stuff going on right now, and a lot of it is very, very good. But also, like, I'm in this weird position where like I'm about to show more of myself than I have ever mm-hmm. wanted to or ever planned to in my life. And it's terrifying. And so, like, any fucking emotional issue that I've ever had in my life, especially maybe in the past six or seven years, is just coming out. Yeah. Right now. It's just, like, real weird. And so I feel real crazy, and I feel like this is, like, a lot. And then, like, but something about, and I listen to this song a lot, yeah. but, like, something about, like, walking toward the studio this morning and, like, just hearing that actual particular stanza. Yeah. When he said, God knew exactly where he wanted you to be placed. Damn. That should actually, like, it actually put a little tenseness in my chest where I yeah. was, like, Stevie spoke a word.
1: I don't think you can listen to that song yeah. hear that and not feel some sort of some sort of way some, yeah. sort, some degree of, yeah. of, of comfort um regardless of your beliefs to be straight up with you
0: yeah absolutely absolutely
1: and the I mean the 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 the, the posit of this article is that it basically in this section of the song like Stevie really shifts he shifts mm-hmm. who he's talking to and and, and and kind of who he's talking about yeah like throughout Throughout the song itself, you know, he's, he's really making these comparisons of what love is uh-huh. uh, and how people love and, and who we direct our love to. But here he starts clearly uh, and definitively talking to an oppressed people. Yes. And I, sne- not, not not even sneaking these, because he didn't sneak shit. Yeah. If you listen to how he says it, he's not sneaking anything. Yeah. But to put something like this within this, song that talks about all the different metaphors of love yeah is an amazingly to me beautiful thing if you think about hope and the things that will inspire hope you know love is one of those things oh yeah and so it's an amazing like i mean it in itself is an amazing metaphor for like love as hope and how useful that can be to an oppressed people
0: you know what's interesting is that like that uh, and i I feel like we're gonna take a digression that's gonna go in a good direction, but like I wanna return to the idea of how like of like love songs being like being like common currency, but the only other song that I can think of that like that that is and uh, you know everybody is gonna have a, everyone's gonna have a different opinion for me on this, but like, the only other song that I can think of that's like contemporary that gives me that same feeling mm-hmm. is Kendrick all right. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that, yeah. like so many. Actually, okay, let's actually. Let's, let's do go, it. Let's do this. So, okay, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a story. So a few years ago, I went on a date and um, it was a really good date. It was really good. It was mm-hmm. like, I mean, it lasted like hours. Like, I think the date lasted something like 16 hours or yeah. some shit like that. It was first date, too. You know, so like we're hanging around, like, you know, when we had dinner, we did all this other shit. We're sitting around talking about music and talking about love songs. And this person, you know, was talking to me about how, and I'm a Stevie fucking freak. He's talking to me about how. Um, as it's like the greatest love, you know, love song ever written. Well, yeah. So I asked, I asked this person, this surprised the shit out of me too. I was like, what is the song that you think comes near that? That's contemporary. And he was saying, uh, Halo by Beyonce. Mm. <laughs> and the thing is, yeah. And, and like, actually, if you go back and listen to Halo, now, I used to not be fuck with it that much when it came out. I listen to that shit now. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, like I like I really, 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 really get it. It has this amazing build and all mm-hmm. this tension and these soaring vocals and all this shit. But this person said that one, the only failure of Halo, mm-hmm. and again, this is a person you would never expect to say some shit like this. Yeah. The the only failure of Halo was that it spoke to, only in to a romantic partner and it spoke only in terms of romantic love. And the thing about As is that it's, like in some, in some, like this is like, again the genius of Stevie. He can make a song where he talks to twenty different people. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying throughout the course of the song. Sometimes it feels like he's talking to a child, or a romantic partner, or a best friend, or a parent, or you know, or an oppressed people. Like yeah. uh, throughout the song, he literally changes voice and changes like reference yeah. to who he's talking to. It's definitely a song that is a lot about about love for your people yeah you know what i mean yeah. and love for the condition like the condition that we're all kind of in together and that and that's something that i think that all right does really does really really well
1: I, I mean i completely agree and honestly kendrick's music as a whole is very layered in much of the same way like i mean we actually had a conversation about blacker i think it was about back black of the barrier where we talked uh-huh. about how his voice and who he's talking to shifts many different times throughout the song. Yeah. And it's up to you to really make those inferences about who he's talking to and what that particularly means. That's true. I mean, the truth is nobody's layering verses like that, like that I've seen that I can, you know, that I can really uh, like pinpoint at this particular moment in time. Mm -mm. And that is, I mean, I think that's really, really interesting, especially when we talk about songs of protest and this, You know, you wouldn't, if you had to make a list of the top 10, like, you know, protest songs, I don't think you would, I don't think many people would include as in that.
0: It wouldn't be in the top 30 or 50 or 100.
1: But if you look, if you break this down, like, he's really talking about, like, he's talking about love uh, transforming to the concept of hope. And he's talking about, you know, he mentions... Maybe our children's grandchildren and their great-grandchildren, you know, will basically find happiness and find love and understand love as truth. Mm-hmm. That's really, really deep. That's basically <laughs> saying, you know, yeah. like it's not going to be, it's not necessarily going to be there for us. Yeah. But it might be there for them.
0: Our children's great-grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. Well, hold on. What is it? And maybe our children's grandchildren, right? So that's like, what, three, four generations yeah. down the line. And their great grandchildren will tell. That's like you have to have like you have to have vision and hope and faith that like even though you don't see an end to this now, you don't see the conditions or circumstances changing now and you have to do this and you have to uphold this so that like, you know, ten generations down the line
1: They'll get it. Yeah. And they'll talk to other people about it. Yeah. About the struggles that you've been through. Yeah. Yo, that's protest. That is. That I mean, that isn't that is protest in such an artful way. This is a beautiful song. That's why it comes back to, you know, this album yeah. as, as such a like a perfect album. And in addition to that, just to come back to what we were saying, the comparison that we were making, I think Kendrick, you know, for all for all his faults that people bring yeah. up, mm-hmm. you know, I think he he approaches that same level of complexity in the music. Yeah. And in the writing. I also think it's interesting. Huh. Because if you think about protest music and who was making it. Yeah, if you go back, it was primarily R&B artists. Yeah, who were making protest music, but that's really shifted. Yeah, like you know, you don't hear. I mean, and this is no shade to to, to anybody, no. but you don't hear. You know, Usher. Yeah, you don't hear. Uh, honestly, you don't hear even Beyonce to a degree. You, well, no. not even to a degree. You don't. Well, no. She's,
0: she would, she doesn't make protest music. She doesn't make
1: protest music. I would say some of her music. Like maybe flawless, if you think about like the ultimate positions it's trying to take.
0: Oh yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. Understand yeah. What I'm I, oh yeah, me. I mean like a lot of people act like this woman is dumb, but like at the very beginning, like it don't it don't take two black women in a room <laughs> to figure out that like that song is all about like feminism and certain in a certain agency and. Oh you know. yeah, not even feminism, like specifically, like at the beginning of that song, like how these white men, like who are kind of like whatever, sort of like trump the talent of Beyonce and like her. Girl's time, or yeah. whatever. I mean, she's a black woman in the music industry. There's always going to be some white man winning at the Grammys a couple years ago. Yeah. There's always going to be some white guy, you know, and not to say Beck's untalented, but regardless of talent, regardless of who's always going to get way more credit than she's ever going to get for her work. She's speaking to, like, any black woman with that song yeah. specifically,
1: but outside of like a f- few specific examples like that, yeah, and
0: that's not even protest music. Yeah, that's like just sustenance for daily living. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But like protest music is like is like is like yeah, is different. It's yeah. like a call to arms.
1: Exactly. That like the the creators of protest music has really shifted to to rap yeah. to hip hop.
0: But that also makes you think about like discourse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like because hip hop is like is still like hip hop is the is our it's it's, a dominant music form right? yeah and it's like it's like disco like like even if you don't participate in the culture even if you wouldn't call yourself like somebody who even like passively or sometimes like like you know you still have most people still have some working knowledge of like of hip hop culture and yeah. because it's it's like it's like the primary platform for discourse yeah for black people culturally
1: It's really interesting though that that transition happened. I mean, it makes sense exactly the reason that you said. Like, if you think back, I mean, what we were just saying. Like, if you think back um, during that time, you know, R and B was the popular music. was It it, the exact same way. Mm -hmm. You know, you had not only Stevie, you obviously had like Marvin Gaye and a variety. We had my
0: man. (laughs) We had my man. Okay. H-u, H.U. attending like many of our like yeah. many famous black people not graduated but H U attending
1: yeah Donnie Hathaway Donnie Hathaway oh my God
0: just wait and see yeah someday
1: I mean yeah, no, we'll
0: we're... all be free <laughs> yeah to
1: be young gifted and black but to come back that shift
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that shift I think is important because that shift is important for a couple reasons if you think about so I think in as is a good example of. That shift and why i think this is interesting so if you think about r&b mm-hmm. and protest music mm-hmm. and the dominant the dominant content of r&b as talking about love mm-hmm. and then you think about rap like raps rap's root to me has a level of aggression to it absolutely because of like it's description of I mean, what were basically horrible conditions and circumstances. Urban blight, as people like yeah. to call it sometimes. I think it's an interesting comparison if you look at our approach to protest music and how that's really shifted mm. and how it continues to shift. But, and Kendrick specifically. So there's so much more, basically what I'm trying to say is there's so much more aggression in our protest music of today, contemporary protest music, mm-hmm. as a result of its format in yeah. hip hop. That I think is really interesting to look. So, like, when you try to compare these, it's difficult because we're sitting here talking about as and all right. Yeah, you know, and and I think a lot of people are probably going to maybe take issue with that type of comparison because you know you you talk about oh I'm talking about a rap song like a rap song from you know 2015. Yeah, um, you know, by Kendrick Lamar. You know, it's a relatively new artist, and we're comparing that to Stevie Wonder. Yeah, you know, one of uh, like ninety. I was about to say arguably one of the greatest, like probably top. Three
0: yeah. Greatest
1: R&B artists of all time. Yeah. And that's a that's for some people a tough comparison to swallow. But if you think about how our pro like how our music, how contemporary music, how hip hop has had to evolve, it really just makes a lot of sense where the anger
0: mm-hmm.
1: comes from and mm-hmm. how that manifests itself. And interesting how people respond to it, too, because of what they're used to. Yeah. So you think about a lot of like a lot of older people can't really handle the protest music of today. Yeah. They can't really handle a song like Black or the Berry. Yeah. Which, you know, I also struggle with because yeah. it's very it's very it's it's angry. It's it's complicated. It's in your face. It's like I'm gonna smack you with what I'm trying to say is hard to swallow. Whereas what you're coming from, you know, the, or what they grew up with was protest music that, while I was still angry, while I was still confronting the oppressor, mm-hmm. was just rooted in such—like, was rooted in love, something that's just a lot more
0: palatable. Well, it's like, it makes me even think about, like, the difference between, like, like uh the Isley Brothers, you know, Fight the Power. Yeah. If you hear—for those of you who never heard it, like, if you hear the—maybe you actually—you've th- actually—it's very possible you've heard that song before— but didn't know it was actually "Fight the Power." If you hear the Isley Brothers version of that, and then you hear like "Public Enemy," yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Those are two completely different. Like the this, the the essential like message of each song is the same, but like they're based in different genres and they have completely different aesthetics. And one, like you say, is more palatable, uh, and the other one is like, well, the other one involves of life. But- <laughs> But back with Flavor Flair, was, no, like, was like... it was like, it was like, a like some kind of guy, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, um, no, it's... Yeah, a, those are two... Like, even when you're dealing with the same subject, like, almost to, like, down to the, like to a T, the same subject yeah. matter, the same, like, lyrics, yeah. in a way. Um, yeah, they're just... Like, like those being rooted in two completely different genres just changes everything dramatically.
1: Yeah. And two different emotions from those genres.
0: Yeah. I think it's really interesting.
1: So, I mean, I think this is a good spot to come back to, you know, people... Like, Artists talking about love, as a whole. Yeah, and I mean the thing that I kind of want to talk about is it's it's tough to find. I mean I don't think we're gonna find a contemporary Stephen Wonder. I think we talked about that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we like. I think that's clear. No, I mean, no, that person doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I don't know when that's gonna happen again. That's like just Whit- it's like
0: Whitney's of, voice, though. People are yeah. like, "I'm oh, sorry, I just had to roll my eyes really hard. Y'all couldn't see that." I was about to say, "I, I think I know you what know you about where to say. I'm going." <laughs> the next motherfucker who tells me. Mm. Oh. <laughs> that Adele, that Adele is in any way vocally related to Whitney Houston. Our relationship is terminated at that point. Like, I don't care if I just met you. I don't care if you actually no. If you pay my bills, that you're out. You're excluded from the conversation. <laughs> we cool. <laughs> we cool. <laughs> I agree. Actually, um, <laughs> you're hundred percent right. <laughs> Good on you for picking up on that one. But no, but seriously. Like, I'm tired of people telling me. That Adele is in any way, Adele is, that's his own conversation. Because I don't get it twisted, I have nothing against Adele. I think she's a really talented woman. I think she's beautiful. She seems to be really happy. She has a nice family. And like, I think that she deserves success. Yeah. I think she does. I think she's and an m-
1: immense amount of success. Not even, yeah, just, no, 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 no.
0: I think she deserves her success. Yeah. Other people also deserve that level of success, but I'm not gonna get into that. I'm not gonna. Get the, I'm not gonna get into that conversation <laughs> right now because that ain't even Adele's fault. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not about her.
0: Adele didn't set that tempo, but y'all marching to the beat though.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, no. It's like but, what, what we were saying was like in terms of there are there are no contemporaries of Stevie Wonder, no. and there I, I don't know necessarily know that there will be, but I was more so thinking about. Just because that type of music, I mean, not, and not that, not to say that someone who came with Stevie Wonder's level of talent would make that type of music. Yeah. But R and B music, sadly, just isn't as popular anymore. No. Like it's it's, I would say it's it's more difficult to be a male R and B artist in this particular day and age yeah. than it is to to gain success and fame as a female R&B.
0: Yeah. R&B artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a huge hunger for. Like, there's always, there's a constant hunger for, like, female R&B artists that doesn't really exist for men yeah. anymore. Like, I
1: mean, you, I mean, what was it other than, um, I was say, I mean, I can play Sam Smith. I was about to say, I'm trying to think of, I mean, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's another, know, that's Vanessa, another conversation yeah, around, uh, like among that. the same vein, but in terms of thinking about a man who gained success for singing a ballad, like a true, yeah, like a true yeah. R&B ballad. Oh, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to like to make a to make a list of those from the past like five or six years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know everybody was like real hype about Frank Ocean. Right? Oh yeah, where the fuck you been? But <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I said five or six years. It's yeah, been-
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Frank Ocean, but like even still, like I still wouldn't call him somebody who has Stevie Wonder level talent.
1: Yeah, you know, <laughs> vocally, no I mean, shade, I
0: think- no shade. Like I think he's super fucking talented. That's like saying like, yeah, you you're a great sculptor, but like. I don't know if you're Michelangelo, like that's like you know what I'm saying, like yeah. it's like it's not an insult to yeah. say that someone doesn't have Stevie Wonder level talent.
1: But just to, just to hear somebody who's vocally like that yeah. talented and is able to apply that level of like instrumentation to it is is rare, yeah. and I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen again. But uh, I mean, so th- honestly, the last thing, and and I think we we'll probably hit this one quickly because we probably need to wrap up. Yeah, but. The, other, the only other thing that I think is worth discussing when it comes to Stevie Wonder is terms, and we talked about this a lot in terms of the complexity and the layeredness of his lyrics. Yeah, we talked about it in relation to comp, in, in relation to protest music specifically, but lyrically, you know, Stevie Wonder was just as talented as he was musically, you know, yeah. and even vocally. Yeah, and I think, I think it's it's difficult now to really place that type of talent as well, mm-hmm. and you know, I was trying to I was trying to think whether or not that says anyth- when and it, it it feels contrived to even like phrase it this way. But whether or not that says anything about the state of R and B music as it is, mm-hmm. but I just also, but I think maybe it's more so a result of there not being as much of a focus on songwriting.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know, and maybe I'm, I mean I'm answering probably what would have been my own question, but. Maybe that's why, but I see a difference in that, a contrast in that in terms of rap music. Like, there's obviously a lot more lyrical complexity that's very in rap tr- music. That's
0: very true. Like, like as, across the board, especially as far as it's yeah. popular, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, and maybe that's just a, a direct result of, you know, if you don't write your own lyrics. It's yeah. An, it's
0: an and also, there are people out there, like, who are, like, incredible songwriters and have great music that just aren't getting the type of... Play or the type of shine, yeah. yeah so I, like,
1: I think Esther Dean is one of the Esther and,
0: Dean. She's uh, she's really. I mean, Sia good.
1: Sia gets shine though. Oh, Sia uh, gets I'll shine, say. but
0: also Sia like Sia been in this for a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Sia's been around for forever. And she, she
1: was nobody for a long time before she's yeah. yeah she Sia. was
0: like you know, Sia was very much like a like like college-y music. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? I, like know, very, I mean, that's when I started listening. Like, you know, like, like, I don't, like, like, that's how I think of Sia. So when she started, all of a sudden, she started writing pop music and she became, like, famous. I was like, oh. But what's interesting okay. about Sia
1: is her her music hasn't necessarily Changed. gotten happier. Yeah, no. like it's not that drastically different. No. Like she always has made very like emotionally well, complex music. You know
0: what's interesting now that I think about it? When you talk about like the, like like we we've only been talking about hip hop and R and B like like a dichotomy. Yeah, but like, actually pop music is becoming more interesting and more complex over time. But I think that also has to do with just like like genre like, like cross pollination. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. Because like if I think about it like. Rihanna is not like a great singer or, nor does she have a great voice but and like I love Rihanna just like in general as like a figure and like yeah. a like an icon but uh, uh, but like her songs the songs that she has on her like on her albums are actually really really good like and like I think that just like because I think that we're at a point now where like pop music I think like the genre is actually so saturated yeah. that in order to be popular even like you can't just be popular and be okay or be pretty bad like if you're gonna be popular you also have to have like Pretty good material now that I think about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, and honestly with Rihanna specifically, I mean, if you come back to, like, male vocalists and, and people who who contributed to her ascent and her music being, her pop music being as different as it is. And, yeah. Um, you think about Neo, like, in terms of I was of her, just
0: thinking the same thing. Neo's
1: also a, another person who's amazingly talented, like, vocally. He in is. addition, also is a really, really fucking talented songwriter, He's too. A, He
0: is a really talented songwriter, yeah. Yeah. Neo's going to be making money for decades. I'm not even worried about him.
1: Yeah. So I mean to 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 wrap this
0: up. To wrap this up.
1: Stevie Wonder even even like even at the end of this conversation where we we have in my opinion continually provided Stevie Wonder the highest of praise. Yes. I still would take Michael's top 3. Over Stevie's top three.
0: I understand that, but you know what that, like, we we were talking about this before, and there's, like, there's no wrong answer to that. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just no wrong answer to that. Like, it says, it's, like, more about, like, who, like, what your life experiences were. Like, I have, obviously, I have countless experiences that, like, go back, like, you know, like, both of them. I I think everybody has Stevie Wonder memories, and everybody has, like, Michael Jackson memories. When I think about, like, the actual soundtrack of my life, and, like, I can tie so many things in my life back to, like, what Stevie Wonder album or what songs I was listening to at that time. Yeah. It's like his music is what I've used to, like, cope with, like, my life's condition. <laughs> for, like, 30 years, basically. Yeah. Who you would choose between the two of them is not a logical choice. It is an emotional choice.
1: And I'm happy for that because Stevie is the fucking man.
0: He is the fucking man.
1: Yeah. Well. I, I, I Stevie, come back. In terms of... You don't have to put out an album. No, but nobody. Just, just you do haven't. A, you've done enough. Do a little bit of tour. You don't have to stand up. Just just come back. Do do a couple tours, or maybe one good tour. Yeah, I really appreciate that.
0: I would appreciate that too because I, I any any reason to go back out and see my man.
1: Stevie, come back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, um, you guys. Leave us a review. One, I want to say thank you so much to the people who've left reviews. We've got we have we have gotten a slightly increased Level of reviews in terms of what we normally receive on a week to week basis. And we are very, very thankful for that.
0: Yeah, keep the holiday cheer going, y'all.
1: Yes, yes. We really, really do appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Please share this episode with a friend,
0: with a friend or Uh, family member. Yeah.
1: And we will be back soon.
0: We'll be back very soon. Mm. Soon and very soon. (laughs) We are going to. Don't listen to me. All right. um, All right. Bye. Bye.